Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 133 of Impact Boom. My name is Gary Fordry. I'm a contributing editor here at Impact Boom, and I'm passionate about bringing you the latest interviews and insights to help you create positive social impact. Today, we're speaking with Andrea Gamson. Andrea is a lean startup trainer, design thinker, and marketer who is passionate about personal and professional development. Her time is currently split between helping corporate professionals share their skills with social entrepreneurs through her Social Starters Initiative and mentoring East London startups through her role as Program Manager at Alia's Serious Impact Incubator. Andrea, thanks so much for joining us today. To get things started, could you please share a bit about your background and what led you down the path of social enterprise? Thanks for having me here today, Gary. So I spent the first, I'd say, 10 or 12 years of my career working in advertising and, and mainstream global media. And it was my dream to, to work in media and I'd always felt like something didn't feel quite right. And I continued forth throughout my career, climbing the ladder, but never really feeling particularly fulfilled or, or comfortable really in, in the shoes that I found myself in and I found myself upon turning 30 on a beach in Malawi <laughs> as you do having just quit one of my jobs uh, a job that I loved uh, but for a company who um, was going through a very difficult time and it was 2008-9 so contextually you know yeah. Recession, uh, lots of job losses across the board. And there I am on this beach in Malawi, wondering how I'd gone from wanting to be a humanitarian, uh, inspired by my own mother, who worked for Mother Teresa in the 70s, before I was born, um, <laughs> wondering how I'd gotten here. And um, that then led me to coming back to the UK to you know, start to unravel some of the causes that I cared about and put myself more on the front line of helping to understand those problems, the, you know, the beneficiaries. I was realising I cared about what going through and that that led me to volunteering actually for a charity who uh, supported prisoners. Yeah, I ended up spending two years going and visiting and befriending short-term ex-offenders in Brixton Prison and then from there everything changed. Fantastic, brilliant. And so once you had that shift towards more social impact driven work. Um, could you touch on your next steps? Yeah, absolutely. I had no idea how I'd be able to change a career from a you know corporate, commercial, um, media and advertising career into one of social impact. But upon doing some research, I came across a social enterprise marketing agency, uh, also in South London, um, who worked with lots of young people and their role was to give those young people opportunities to uh, careers in the media. So there was a really nice synergy between what I'd been doing and what they were trying to do and for 10 years they'd had this community magazine 
Um, it had always been funded by the government and various different local authorities. And all that funding in 2010 was coming to an end. So amidst landscape of huge youth funding cuts, I thought, you know what? I've been very good at making money for magazines and newspapers the last 10 years. Uh, I understand how advertisers work and I think I can support this magazine to continue beyond its funding life stage. And that's what I did for the next three years and built up this magazine to a national magazine that was became a youth culture magazine that was distributed throughout universities as well as all the youth clubs and, and you know youth centres across the UK. And we worked with some amazing brands and organisations like the Nikes and Converse's and Adidas's and Barclays life skills as well. It was then that I suppose I was able to make that transition from one career into another. And when I realised that, hang on a minute, you know, brands and corporates aren't these evil naysayers that they are painted out to be. In fact, actually, they they understand the power that they have and they want to do good with it. And so that that led me to become a social enterprise consultant and look at ways that I could marry up that you know that great work that the corporates want to do to support say young people and then the social impact entrepreneurs who really needed to get access to those those pots of funding to be able to to continue doing the great work they do great fantastic (laughs) and could you please tell us some information about the organization that you founded yourself continuing that journey i found myself in kenya And I think that was the humanitarian part of me coming through in that I'd always been really interested in and passionate about international development. But I had a, you know, 2-2 digital media degree from Bournemouth University and there were people out there with international development masters who were still struggling to find work. So I knew that I was going to have to take a slightly different approach if I wanted to work in an international development environment. That meant volunteering was going to definitely play a role and I didn't quite know what it would lead to or where it was going to to go. But young enterprise was something that was starting to come through uh, as as an important theme for me because I could see how important it was that, you know, younger people were not going to go to university in the same way that they were and they weren't going to get guaranteed jobs even if they did. And that entrepreneurship was, in my mind, the future. So I went to Kenya to understand how young entrepreneurs out there were leveraging their circumstances for huge moments of creativity and innovation. And that led me to be immersed amongst lots of social entrepreneurs who didn't know they were social entrepreneurs. And they didn't understand that there was a social enterprise movement around the world, yet they were doing it anyway. And whilst they were really great at making an impact in their communities, perhaps what they didn't have was that, you know, MBA or they hadn't spent 10 years selling advertising for large media organisations. And so I was able to see how I could support them with my business skills, whether it was sales or business development or marketing. And I could see that I could make a real tangible difference using my business skills. Um, And so then the dots all started to combine because I realised, well, I'm not actually that special. There's tons of me around the world and there are also tons of people who are reaching that point in their career where they're thinking, hang on a minute, how did I land here? And is there, you know, is there something else I could be doing that's a bit more meaningful, if not a lot more meaningful? And maybe I need to take some time out just to reassess, regroup, reflect and think about what I want to do in the future. And so I, I out there with my, uh, at the time, 
colleague uh, who then we became business partners and founded Social Starters upon a call out, I suppose, to find out if anyone wanted to come out and join us in Kenya and share their business skills. And then that way we could multiply the work that we were doing. Uh, So it was a bit of a crazy idea and we had no idea if it would work, but VSO was to support us to help us support their young people to create social enterprises. And so these ideas all started to brew into what then became a volunteering programme that we ran for three further years across India, Sri Lanka, Brazil. And then here we are now. Fantastic. Could you please touch on how Social Starters operates today? Absolutely. As you can probably imagine, four years later, it looks slightly different. Um, What we do is we bring together business professionals with skills to share with the social entrepreneurs who are changing the world. It's that simple. We tend to match them up for consultancy assignments that are run short term over, say, 12 weeks. Or we will marry up corporate organisations who want to lend their staff's skills over a prolonged period of time of, say, nine months for a mentoring programme. We typically work with social enterprises or social entrepreneurs, let's say, who are focusing on tackling youth issues and everything associated around that. Um, But we also work with lots of ethical products and brands who are looking to uh, do things in a more sustainable way. Brilliant. What do you think has been the most significant impact that Social Starters has achieved so far? And where would you like that impact to go in the future? We've worked with over 200 international business professionals who've flown to four different countries around the world over the last four years, and including the UK, to lend their time, whether on a career break or in and around an existing job. But, but what I'm really proud about, actually, is that we've, we've recently won our first ever funding bid to go and launch, or relaunch even, in Brazil. And that's going to uh, mean that over the next year and a half, we will run two women's social impact incubators with women from favela and periphery communities. And these will be women with lived experience who are then trying to solve um, the issues that they've experienced for others um, in their communities. And it's a huge project which we're doing in partnership with an NGO from Rio de Janeiro. It's going to be a bilingual uh, project delivery experience which is really, really interesting. And we're part of the first run of the British Council's Developing Inclusive and Creative Economies funding execution, which is a real privilege. Amazing. That sounds really exciting. And in case any of our listeners are interested in volunteering as social enterprise consultants themselves, Social Starters are in fact currently looking for 15 business professionals from around the world with expertise in marketing and sales to volunteer as part of their spring 2019 programme. So in addition to your work with Social Starters, you are also currently the incubation programme manager with Alia. Could you tell us some more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm probably a good example of somebody that has a portfolio career at the moment. And, and, you know, I keep hearing this more and more when I go to talks and networking events. And and now I feel very confident handing out two business cards. So, yeah, you know, the reality is that when great opportunities come, you can't turn them down. And and when Alia approached me, I am such a fan of their work that um, I had to to say yes to the opportunity. And I suppose I'm somebody that likes to keep busy. Alia are a 20-year-old charity 
who do a lot of smart things around uh, charity retail bonds and, and work with lots of large housing care projects. Um, but then they also run uh, a number of incubators and accelerators to support both impact ventures up in Cambridge and, and Peterborough, but then local prizes and SMEs in East London to support them on their journey to make more impact and create more jobs. Um, and so I run the incubator in East London, which is in the heart of Hackney, in an area where, you know, a year and a half ago, there weren't really any other co-working spaces. All the spotlight, all the funding, the investment is, you know, in and around the Silicon Roundabout, around Old Street, which is fine. But you end up with these two huge disparities within one borough where you've got, you know, on the west side, an incredibly wealthy, affluent growing you know, middle and upper class with all the tech and creative industries there and then in, in Hackney on the on the east side there's still huge poverty and unemployment and uh, you know we, we therefore exist in order to recognise the fact that there's still an incredible talent pool and wealth of you know, entrepreneurship coming through who often get overseen and overlooked. So we work to support what are often classed as the underserved entrepreneurs and we do it with support of the J.P. Morgan Chase Foundation um, who 10 years ago played a key role in supporting Detroit. It's seen that if you take this uh, concept if you will, uh, if every SME you say can create one job then you can reverse unemployment and when they saw that happen there they then wanted to come to, to East London, post the funding running out in, in post Olympics, and invest in four or five projects in, in this area to enable them to, to deliver on that. So we're one of those grantees, and um, you know we've been doing it for a year and a half, two years, and, and aim to create 300 jobs and support 300 entrepreneurs by the end of 2019. Amazing. What would you say is the most important part of support that you're giving the entrepreneurs here in East London? Mm, really good question. And I think the answer to that depends on who the entrepreneur is and what their needs are. Everybody comes to us you know, with a slightly different uh, circumstance. But there is something about, I think, there's something about the workspace, right? Because the workspace is the hub of any entrepreneur's daily life. So whether they're sat in their kitchen or their living room, you know, or in a cafe, or, or they've gone into a co-working space, either way, that's, that's where you are every single day, day in and day out. And it's conducive, I think, to your well-being, to the networks that you create, um, and what we have here in the Future Business Centre in uh, Heart of Hackney is this really inspiring, very well lit, you know, creative space um, that uh, makes everybody feel like they've come home. And so I know that sounds a little cheesy, but, but a lot of people compliment us on the space. And given that it's um, part of the programme, so if you are able to get onto the incubator, it's not something that, that comes at a cost other than to your time and your commitment and dedication. So a lot a lot happens here. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of skill sharing happens here, a lot of brainstorming, troubleshooting. And, you know, I think there's just something about that that, that makes the nine months of, of the time that's spent here more conducive to, to the work that's created. Fantastic. For our listeners who might be considering launching their own social venture what would be your top piece of advice for them? Finding mentors is probably a really big part of that puzzle, right? Because learning from the people that have already made the mistakes, who can then share their wisdom. 
And you'll be surprised how many people want to share their wisdom. And that's absolutely key. But before you even go into that place, if you're just sitting on an idea, and I've spent a lot of time with people, as I'm sure you have as well, Gary, who've got ideas, you can spend years chewing over an idea, right? How many times have you met somebody who's still talking about the idea, but they haven't actually done anything about it? And, you know, and that's understandable because actually starting a business, let alone a social impact business, it's hugely overwhelming. Where do you even begin? The best piece of advice I could give to anybody that's sitting on an idea is to start chunking that idea down into something a lot smaller. You know, and we call it an MVP or some people call it prototype depending on what you're building. But if you can find a way to scale the idea down into something really small, even if it's just a discussion with the person whose problem you're trying to solve, then you'll start to assess quite quickly if your idea is actually going to solve that problem in the first place. And the sooner you get close to that problem and the people experiencing the problem, you know, the further along you'll get in assessing whether this is something you even want to do. And a lot of the time, people come up with fantastic ideas for things that they are so far removed from, though, that they're perhaps not the best person to go and launch that venture. And which is why I'm a huge advocate of volunteering, because it's not until you go out and volunteer and you're on the front line and you really understand these issues. You know, it's not until you surround yourself with people who are solving problems of a social impact nature on a, on a regular basis that you'll really be able to you know, fully understand the methodologies and, and the approaches to, to launching projects and ventures. And so there's, there's something about connecting yourself there, I think, isn't there? And it's taking baby steps. And maybe before all of that, you know, it's sign up to an online course that's free with someone like Acumen or FutureLearn. I've even got a social, start a social enterprise email series that can land in your inbox over five weeks if you, if you want to go and try that. And in there will be all the tips on the steps that you need to take. Fantastic. Thank you. I think there's some really valuable advice and insight there for our listeners. Are there any misconceptions about the social impact sector or social enterprises that you would like to see change? Mm, Definitely. This can be best summed up by somebody that came over to me who's a dear dear family member, I won't name names, (laughs) um, and leaned in one Christmas and said, I want to donate to your charity. (laughs) And, And that's the biggest misconception, is that social enterprise is charity. Now, misconceptions don't come out of complete nothing. There are a lot of charities and non-profits who have evolved into social enterprises or what we call here in the UK CICs or KICs. And so, you know, you've got to be careful not to get too muddled in definition jargon because here in the UK we have so many different types of business model within this space. But, but the fact is that we exist at Social Starters because we really believe in the commercial side of what social enterprise is all about. And there are many other people out there who hail from this camp. It's, it's being able to run a business and use business solutions and a commercial mindset that is what you know, is believed to be the sustainability part of social enterprise. Um, given that we are in a, you know, a world where there are million pound funding cuts, even just within the youth sector in London alone, and, you know, and beyond that across multiple sectors, entrepreneurial solutions are really all that we've got left. 
And so I think it's really an exciting time. You've got the B Corps movement and you've got purpose-driven being used left, right and centre within larger organisations. And we will see a merging, I believe, of just people wanting to do good with business and that's fantastic. Um, but it's definitely not charity. And so I think the sooner mm-hmm. people realise that, the sooner we can probably all start thinking more entrepreneurially as well about how we solve social issues. Brilliant. Thank you. I'm sure over the last few years, you must have had plenty of exposure to great social impact work going on both in the UK and all over the world. Are there any projects or initiatives that you would like to share that you think are doing really exciting work in this field? So I absolutely love what Step Up to Serve are doing with their I Will campaign because the more we can get young people to become, you know, social action champions and essentially our social impact leaders of tomorrow, the better. But, you know, fast forwarding a little bit, some of the amazing young people I've been working with include Nicole, who's launched Disco Does London um, in the last year and a half. She's basically changing the world one pot of glitter at a time (laughs) and has managed to find a way to not just create biodegradable glitter and not just, you know, create hugely fun, immersive experiences, but she's also creating jobs for offenders in prison to be able to make a bit of extra cash as they um, package up and pot the glitter for her. In addition, I work with a South London youth organisation run by Eamon Madden called Inspirational Youth and they've been somebody I've worked with for a number of years now and um, you know they work with young people who are perhaps going down a slightly trickier path to use jiu-jitsu and um, other coaching tools to turn them into the leaders of tomorrow and, and his work is Really, really, really powerful, and you know they are they are going to expand beyond South London um, very soon. Um, and then at the other end of the generational spectrum, you know we've got a platform called Bloom, who I'm working with up here in the Alia Serious Impact Incubator, run by Alexander, um, who really was quite passionate about um, the gig economy issue, um, and also this huge uh, talent pool who are coming out later stage in their career, um, who are you know accountants bookkeepers, PAs and various other personnel who who actually, you know, they could be supporting the social entrepreneurs and, and the startups with their skills at a much lower rate. So he's really trying to solve that problem of how you bring expertise and talent for the over 50s into, uh, into startups and SMEs and charity sector. So that's really exciting. Brilliant. Thank you. Lots of great examples there. And to finish up, are there any books or other types of resources related to anything that we've talked about today that you would really recommend our listeners check out? Yeah, absolutely. Andrew Marston's uh, How to to Be a Social Entrepreneur. He was one of the founding guys of Bromley by Bow Centre. I mean, it's really, really inspirational. This is a a social enterprise organisation and support organisation in East London who, you know, I think probably one of the early pioneers in this area, in this space. Plus, you could go down the more um, traditional academic route of the David Bornstein series of titles, which are, you know, probably a classic, as is Eunice, um, anything he's written. But then if you want to go a little bit more mainstream, I'm currently reading Michelle Obama's Becoming book, which is so inspirational, because once you get past all the early years of her childhood, and once you get through the, you know, incredibly romantic getting together of her with Obama, (laughs) she leaves her law career behind and moves into social impact 
And she does a lot of really interesting things with young people and in the community. And so I find, I've been finding that, you know, listening to it actually on, on Audible on my way into work every day, incredibly inspiring. <laughs> okay, fantastic. Thank you. Andrea, thank you so much for giving us your time today and for all your great insights. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.